1: They have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And, and the I've got a problem with soccer, too. Foot,
2: balls. what I can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret.
3: Welcome, to House of Champions. YouTube friends, drop in your comments and questions in the chat and make sure you hammer. And I mean, absolutely hammer the like and subscribe buttons as we get stuck into the Champions League round of 16 ties. Second legs. We wrap it up for this week in the House of Champions. Today, we got Nigel Rio Coker. There's Michael LaHood and Jonathan Johnson, all the way from Paris. JJ, I'll start with you. What's up, man?
2: Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, could be better from a from a PSG point of view, but no. Otherwise, uh, looking forward to a, to a holiday and some time off uh, from you guys and uh, and also from the team that regularly makes me suffer around this time of year.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're not the only one that needs a holiday or a vacation away from Nigel Real Cooker. Speaking of Nigel Real Cooker, how are you doing, mate?
1: Ian, back at you, mate. There's something not quite right at Bayern Munich. Bearing in mind, they've gone eight wins uh, clean, wait, eight wins straight uh, uh, in Champions League, undefeated. But there's uh, something uh, not quite right there. But yeah, we listen to you.
3: Sounds like you need a vacation as well, Nigel, right there. Either that or you've already got stuck into the bevies. Michael Lloyd, how are you doing, buddy? Games today, not necessarily the yeah. best of action.
4: Um, I was a bit disappointed and we were talking about it before jumping on the show, a bit of a letdown in terms of the action we were hoping for, but just kind of want to get stuck into this one because PSG Byron are the talking point.
3: Yep, yeah, let's get stuck into it today. Bayern Munich got the victory over Paris Saint-Germain. Um, really great finish from Choupo-Moting, 61 minutes in, 17th goal across all competitions. Four in his last four games consecutively, fourth Champions League goal of the season. Um, may I say he was probably assisted by Verratti right there. Mistakes, <laughs> JJ costing, <laughs> Paris Saint-Germain in this competition again. Serge Gnabry came off the bench and wrapped things up. Uh, second Champions League goal of the season for him. Also got nine in the Champions League. Another sub, Jal Cancelo with the assist right there. Uh, But I guess the big talking point will be that first half performance and the opportunity that was thrown away, JJ, by Paris Saint-Germain. Vitinho with an open goal. Great, great defending from Delit. There's no doubt about it. It was good defending. But PSG had their chances in that first half to make this a really interesting tie.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Vitinho will be kicking himself. Galtier will be disappointed as well. I mean... I do think, uh, sort of before we get into the nitty-gritty, there was an element of uh, misfortune. I mean, I guess you could say in many ways, Galtier knew he was gambling with Marquinhos. Uh, he had trouble during the warm-up. But then again, knowing that Mukiele was also carrying an injury, putting him on instead of Biciabu, uh, you know, that was also uh, a risk. So you could say that there's bad luck that PSG got so many injuries in such a short space of time, given that they already had a few players missing. But equally at the same time, I mean, it was... Despite that, PSG still had enough quality uh, available to them to, to put in a better performance. Obviously, if Vitinha scores that goal, you know, then maybe things change. But really, uh, you know, I don't think uh, it was the the right approach from Galtier. I think he showed his inexperience uh, sort of in this kind of calibre of, of Champions League game. Uh, you know, and I think there were too many passengers uh, in that PSG team as well. I include Lionel Messi in that. What I will say as well is Bayern Munich uh, absolutely deserved to advance over the two legs, I I thought their setup for the second game was very impressive. I thought De Ligt, uh, you know, really impressed me and won uh, some points because I haven't always been convinced by him uh, since he moved from Ajax to Juve and then to Bayern. Uh, but I thought upper Meccano uh, had a big game as well. Zoma actually was sort of uncharacteristically a bit, a bit suspect uh you know donnarumma made a couple of good saves as well but then had his his sketchy moments but really uh, you know this was uh, an opportunity missed for psg and you know it feels like it's got to be the end of the road now for some of these uh players you know you'd expect the likes of messi ramos to move on the one thing that i actually would say though is of all the players at psg i thought i'd be hammering tonight i actually thought ramos was pretty much the best player for psg I thought he yep. showed uh you know great uh Uh, You know, leadership in a very difficult moment had a couple of good headers from the corner as well. It's uh, honestly, it's very disheartening. I think you know, covering PSG, uh, you know, in such depth and then seeing them produce that kind of thing, Uh, uh, you know. And I think I think there are reasons to feel optimistic for the future. Everyone knows how good Kylian Mbappe is and can still be. Warren Zaire Emery as well looked very energetic when he came on, very lively. A player to watch for the future, but ultimately. Uh, you know, it really feels like PSG never really got going in this tie, let alone the match.
4: Yeah, I feel like we've seen this script before, and this was probably the poorest iteration of it. This is what happens in the pits and the perils that come when you have your team built around two superstars, two individuals who, on their day, especially the last two or three weeks, have been lighting it up in Liga, lighting it up. And this was supposed to be tipped to be the heavyweight matchup, and PSG were tipped to give maybe a bit of the first punch in what could have been a knockout blow. But it was much ado about nothing from Lionel Messi. And I'd love to see the stats on Lionel Messi's recent record against Bayern Munich. They seem to have the experience of how to play against him. I thought that Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka, the ground they covered to squeeze the space on Messi and back press, and also get up and force turnovers in PSG half, or half that you have to tip your cap off to them. That's just a tactical recognition on where the most dangerous player and most creative player for PSG is because you have to get the ball to kill Mbappe. And Ian, you had said this about the high line that Byron were playing in the early minutes of that game. Byron did well to adjust to it because if you can snuff out the supply line to kill Mbappe,
3: you suffocate PSG. Did it in the second half. Yeah. Go ahead, Nigel.
1: I'm going to be very vague on it because Michael and JJ have touched on most of the technical aspect of it let's just put it say what it is the better team won, and I use the word team to emphasize that a lot Bayern Munich are a team PSG have some individual stars some difference makers but in the modern game of football if your difference makers don't compete and don't work hard you've got no chance of winning at this level now because every player is so athletically gifted Messi for me was not interested. He looked like a Lionel Messi that has his head somewhere else completely. Whether it's negotiations for where his future is going to be, he wasn't interested because we've seen Messi play when he wants to play. Or is
3: he just getting old, Nigel? Is
1: he just he's getting not getting old? old. He he's still got it in the bag. He wants. He just doesn't want. He just wasn't interested in the game today. Hold on, my son's causing a bit of a pain outside. But yeah, he didn't want to play. Because you're talking crap about his favourite player. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, he wasn't interested because we've seen at times where Messi wants the ball. He will go and get the ball and he'll run and face people and run through three or four people. Half the time he was walking. I spoke to Ian Ian briefly about it. Bayern played such a high line and I thought the difference that could be made was the fact of Paris Saint-Germain had the luxury of Mbappe to go in behind. All they have to do is with the right ball and the right pass in the right moment, Killing Mbappe could get in behind that high back line. They didn't play to that. Everyone wants to play football. For me, look at the subs that Bayern Munich were able to make. When you talk about Sane, Mane, Gnabry, Cancelo comes on and then all, all of a sudden already has an assist by coming onto the pitch. That's the difference between having a team dynamic and a bunch of individuals to try and win something. And I think, again, it goes about when we talk about institutions. And I've been a big fan of Bayern Munich. I know Ian has been a bit of a Bayern hater. There's not some, there's something not quite right at Bayern, but they've won every single game in the Champions League so far. Eight undefeated, I believe. And there's something very right about Bayern Munich when it comes to this competition. The standards and what's expected. And for me... Can they win it, Nigel? I, I said that they could win it. I said it from the start when we used to talk. You used to mock me. They're yep. not going to get out their group. They got out their group. Look at that team performance and team dynamic. Look at the subs that they have. Look at how they play. Musiala, for me, I'm going to give a special shout out to one player, Alfonso Davis. I forgot how good this young man was. He was sensational today. And we talk about top fullbacks, top winbacks. If you're not saying Alfonso Davis' name in world football, of him being one of the top and best fullbacks in world football, then you know nothing about the game. Because how he played today, for me, he was sensational. And he, for me, is one of the players in this CONCACAF region with potential that could actually be World Player of the Year one day. He's got the most ability I've seen from this region.
2: He certainly... So the, rock is rock is rock that rock rock. the CONCACAF region that uh, produced uh, Mike LaHood's Austin FC? that got <laughs> spanked by the, those part-timers.
3: He is certainly <laughs> a, a raw individual when you look at Alfonso Davies <laughs> and the way that he performs right there. And I th- I, I, to be honest with you, to back you up there, Nigel, I don't think he knows himself how good he actually is, Alfonso Davies. And at times... What I'm waiting for him is I'm waiting for him to be a bit more selfish because he has these 1v1 situations and a lot of the time he's looking for Müller or he's looking for Kimmich and he's looking inside to see where Choupo-Moting is and I'm waiting for him to just absolutely burn Hakimi. I thought the battle especially in the first half, was really fun to watch because Hakimi was going forward. And in the second half, credit to Hakimi, obviously, a lot going on off the field for him. Um, in the second half, he, he went and played, and he he was one good outlet for PSG, but he was probably the only good outlet for PSG in that second half. But Alfonso Davies handled it so, so well. And offensively, always a good outlet, always dangerous. I would love to see him be a bit more selfish because I think there's more goals, there's more assists to come from Alfonso Davies going forward. Go ahead, Nigel.
1: You know what I mean? Like you said, there, and I think he's got the ability, he's got the footballing brain, he's got everything. What he needs to have is like you said, is that belief in himself where it's it's arrogance. He's got to start yeah. to see himself now to say, I am one of the best fullbacks in world football. Hakimi has it. You could see Hakimi has it, but I feel for me, Alfonso Davis in that position is one of the players in world football who can impact a game beyond anything. We talk about Reese James, you talk about Hakimi. Alfonso Davis's name should be up there, and I personally believe he could be one of the players that has the potential from this region to be world player of the, of the year one day.
4: Yep. Wow, those are those are bold words, and he could very well back that up, Nige. But I want to go to the middle of the park and really higher up the field. I said it, previewing this game. Who did I say was going to make a difference? Keep Thank you. <laughs> it just had to be... Eric Maxim Chupamoting. So much has been said about who's going to fill the goal void of Robert Lewandowski, and he's done it in a different way. He's done it in crucial matches, but you look at how he plays. He does the simple things well. He stays between the two center backs, or three for PSG today, typically two for most opposing teams, and he knows that he's in a team that if he makes smart runs, if he plays off the shoulders of defenders, he will get the right service, and he did, and you couldn't miss that one. If he did, he'd go back to Stoke.
2: You know what as well? What's funny? uh, There's a a, a good stat out there. Five of Bayern's last six goals against PSG because they have come up against each other fairly regularly over the last couple of years. Scored by ex-PSG players. Chupro's got three of them now. Koeman's got two of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's
3: incredible, right? Five of the last six. I mean, that's insane. But some,
2: something else that I wanted to say as well, uh, and I don't think he gets the credit because obviously he's not established yet as a regular starter for Bayern. I was really impressed with Stanisic. I thought PSG would target him, go for him, get through him, and you know find a way to to Bayern's goal uh, that way. They didn't, uh, you know, and I think he really shut down, uh, you know, PSG on that left hand side because at the end of the day, we were talking earlier about how Hakimi was one of the better outlets for a very poor PSG side PSG side on the night without being able to get Nuno mendes into the game as they were the first leg you know I thought that that was a really really important touch uh tactical touch by nugglesman and one that yeah. he deserves credit for because not many managers would be prepared to sort of risk their reputation on Stanisic because let's not forget you know if nugglesman and Bayern had gone out at this stage there would have been massive question marks about nugglesman's ability at this level
1: you now, are you going to yeah, I was just going to say to JJ, I was having a discussion with someone. I said, for me, when you look at the the youngsters that Paris Saint-Germain have, they have something special. They've made mistakes in the past because again, the, the quick turnaround of managers, the expectancy that's been put on these managers, some managers might not like a player. And they've sold so many, like you said, talented ex-Paris Saint-Germain players. Imagine if they actually did a project where they kept these young players together and made this team, Mbappe's team, with some of the young talent they have, get them the experience they could be a force down the line if they stop this turnaround. I was, I'm was, i very impressed with Mendes, already the fullback for them. And the young lad that came on number 33. Um I Yeah, yeah. Him, he had an absolute instant m- impact already in the game. You'd have been better off starting him than Lionel Messi. You just looked like he wasn't interested. No, and
2: if, you'd and be better off with him like, than Virati. Yeah, but
1: yeah. Then, exactly. But then I think it's a fair shout. And I respect what Messi's done and everything like that. But at the end of the day, if you're a Paris Saint-Germain fan, you have the right to be upset. Yes, you've got one of the world's greatest players to play the game, but he was non-existent today in one of the big games when you need him to show. And the same performer, you look at how he performed for his nation Argentina, how he performed for Paris Saint-Germain today in one of the big games, you got to be pissed. You have all right to be upset being a Paris Saint-Germain fan. That's unacceptable.
3: JJ, before you jump in here, is there a possibility that we don't see
2: Messi play in the Champions League again and this might be his last season at Paris? I mean, I think there has to be, uh, you know, because PSG have some big decisions to make now, you know, the financial fair play issue is not going to go away. I mean, I think despite the fact that he was decent tonight, Ramos will be off. I don't see the interest really for PSG in keeping him on beyond the end of this season. Uh, you know, and, and Messi is the obvious other candidate as well. Let's not forget they've got Skriniar coming in. So somebody who's going to be at a good level, uh, you know, for the next couple of years and really provide a boost to that defense. Is that enough to, to change this PSG side? No, it's not. I, I think they probably need to get a little more radical now in terms of the players that, uh, you know, they look to, to start moving on from because... It's not just about sort of what they're able to bring on the pitch or what they don't bring on the pitch in these big games. It's how effective mentally they are now. I mean, okay, he got really unlucky and being forced off injured. But how many times has Marquinhos been part of, you know, these massive exits in Europe now? Verratti too, you know, that's stuff that you really have to consider when you're trying to build a a successful squad and one that you want to go and, and win things. Ultimately, I don't think that means that PSG will move on from them, but it is something that needs to be considered. But, you know, the opportunity is there to move on from the likes of Messi and Ramos. And if PSG don't, then, you know, I think that's a big step backwards. You know, I think this now has to be the wake-up call. Uh, What Nigel was saying earlier about, uh, you know, potentially embracing the the talented young players coming through. I I think it's something that PSG definitely needs to do. There's no guarantee that this next generation of players are going to be quite as good as the likes of Nkunku and Diaby, but those are guys who have had to leave PSG in order to burst through. If PSG can actually give guys like Zaye Emery, you know, a chance to to prove themselves, maybe they're developing to that level of talent actually in Paris without having to leave. But, uh, you know, it would be a big, big call. uh, And I think it needs some, you know, at least some medium-term vision. You know, do PSG's owners now have that with the World Cup behind them? You know, it's it's a debatable point. And obviously with the injury to Neymar, it's going to be difficult to move him on as well. So, you know, there's a lot for PSG to to chew over in the coming weeks as well.
4: I think and I'll keep it very quick. I think this could very well be the last time we see Messi in the Champions League, very much so in a PSG jersey. So much uncertainty about what happens with this contract not being signed yet. But I look at the body language and there's losing a game and being upset. But he had the facial expression of someone who knew it was the end of something.
3: Uh, great comment coming in from Vic right there. He said, "JJ, before we let you go, can we offer you Obama Yang and Ziyech on the cheap?"
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, what we, like we we can laugh about it. Uh, and to be honest, I don't really understand the push to get Ziyech at the end of the January transfer window. But if PSG had him, uh, you know, I, I think he could have given them the kind of spark that they needed to at least pull a goal back. I think. The fact that Soler was on the bench and didn't come on at all, I don't even think he warmed up. And, you know, I think that speaks <laughs> volumes uh, about what Galtier feels about a lot of uh, the players that have been put at his disposal this season yeah for sure hey listen great stuff JJ we
3: appreciate you we're gonna let you go because we know you got a lot of work to do make sure everybody goes and follows JJ obviously of course on his social media platforms but also on CBS Sports' website and catch up with the great articles that are about to come out great comment just coming from Rocco Sage he said love me some PSG in Bayern uh, but I cannot wait to talk about Milan we'll wait no more Rocco (laughs) we've got a big announcement coming right now and then we're talking about your Milan next
5: selling a little or a lot Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
3: All right. So there you have If you're watching the pregame show on the Champions League today, Kate Abdo was mentioning that there was great news for U.S. soccer-based soccer fans coming soon to a TV near you at a CBS Sports Galazzo Network, a first-of-its-kind 24-7 soccer network. Oh, yes. The network will feature a weekday morning show, news, live matches, highlights, and so much more for free tune in april 11th on cbs sports app pluto tv paramount plus oh my word 24-hour soccer yes please i feel like cbs sports is changing the game michael Lahood. i feel like soccer in this country is ready for 24-hour soccer previously before we have seen it but it's not necessarily succeeded because the demand wasn't there but now more than ever i feel like the demand is there people want soccer and people are more knowledgeable at soccer than ever before
4: Yeah. let's give a golf clap to the higher ups for bringing this to fruition. I'm excited for it because I think this is the next iteration of what the game needs and what the game means. We've seen just the appetite for the game at the most recent FIFA World Cup. We got to work on it, which was an amazing experience through our pod and the network. And now to be able to have 24 hours, 24 hours of, say, maybe in the future, House of Champions, amongst other potential shows. And obviously the first show getting out of the gates, the morning show, I can't wait. And just one of the things about being a part of this network, that's a big bonus.
3: Nigel, I know you love soccer. You live and breathe soccer. You played the game professionally. You love talking about the game. We love reading about the game. We live and breathe soccer. And to see soccer changing in development in this country now, where now obviously is your new home, it's great to see because U.S. soccer's, fans out there they really want it more and more now than ever before
1: they do um it's the world's biggest sport whether people like it or not i don't care what country i'm in what place i'm around the world i've been fortunate to travel around the world football is the world's biggest game and i know you call it soccer i call it football all right i'm english so football is the world's biggest game geezer and it's it's always growing people love it i still feel obviously being over here now living over here and all that that there's still room to grow in educating people at the, about the game. And that's what I think I, I love to do is educating the game, analysing, because there are a lot of coaches and managers involved in the game over here that are living a great life without really actually educating these kids to be the best they can be. you know. And, and I think what we do as well, how we talk about it and point certain players out, you can see the difference.
3: Well, twenty-four-seven soccer is coming your way, April eleventh on CBS Sports App, Pluto TV, and Paramount Plus. Twenty-four-hour soccer, man, give it to me. Oh football. yes, baby. <laughs> All right, football. Let's get back into the Champions League, guys. So you're watching House of Champions. It's Tottenham against AC Milan today. Michael Huru, it was a bit of a sleep fest. I'm not going to lie. Didn't watch this game as much as I was watching Paris Saint-Germain against Bayern Munich. Uh, But this one was job well done for Milan and their fans out there. They traveled in good support to London. Milan got the job done. Tottenham nowhere near at the races to even look like scoring a goal against this Milan side. Um, Really big success for Milan to get it done over two ties. I
4: think it's what the first time in 11 years that Milan back into the Champions League quarterfinals. And it, it just feels right to have a, a club like Milan at this stage and almost rekindling what was for soccer back in the early 2000s when Serie A and a club like Milan were the dominant force in European soccer. But man, before I even hammer Tottenham, what's this? put a pause on Tottenham. Let's stick with the positive about Milan. I thought it was a good tactical wrinkle to give the likes of Rafael Leal and Brahim Diaz a rest at the weekend. I know I was hard to them yesterday and even in the preview about how they played against Fiorentina. Hey, mm-hmm. these two players looked well rested. I don't think Tottenham Hotspurs had a clue what to do with a player like Brahim Diaz. James Benz had said it, being there in person, watching it from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Spurs look labored, they look out of ideas, and at the end of the day, not deserving to go through to the next round.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Nigel? Do I really have to talk about Tottenham, Ian? I'm just going to break the game down for me. The performance by both teams today is exactly what I expected, because if you look at both their domestic form, how they've been this season, they've been upside down. Both teams have been inconsistent. You never know what you're going to get. They haven't exactly been flattering or or, or fantastic. I give credit to Milan. They got the job done. And we did discuss it. And I did say Milan over Tottenham because they were more in the ascendancy than Tottenham. Tottenham, again, like I've said, it's like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. I would go back to even say, AC Milan's performance for me goes to a cultural aspect of the game. That is what you call a typical, traditional Italian performance. Hard to beat, dogged, make it difficult for you, play on the counter-attack. If we can get a goal, we'll be happy. But that was, for me, a traditional Italian team performance in that game. Tottenham, for me, they just look completely lost as a club right now. They're just all over the place.
3: I don't know if I agree with you 100% there, Nigel. Mm. I think that Milan had their opportunities to score yeah, goals in this game and, and really yeah, probably should have scored goals in this game. They, yeah, but they didn't play
1: like the front foot attacking as we want, as you'd expect them to straight from the off. Like you sent me to Ayako and Shechenko. They could have been a lot more aggressive, but they weren't. They were still conservative. But one thing about Italian teams is they're always very hard to beat and break down. And again, we're talking about a Tottenham team that does play a bit of a high line. They had their chances, but they didn't take their chances, Milan. But I think for me, when I look at that overall performance, it just reminds me of what I know, what I came across when he was playing against typical Italian sides and the culture
3: of their football and how they play. I'm very happy for Italian sides to be doing well in UEFA competition. Obviously, you can watch it on Paramount Plus as well with the Serie A crew. Um, But AC Milan getting this job done is great for them, Uh, in my personal opinion, as champions of Italy. It's massively important for their season as well that they have some sort of success because it's been a bit of a roller coaster season. And as Michael pointed out, it has been 11 years since they've got to this stage in the competition. The last time they did do so, they knocked out Arsenal in the competition. So, congratulations to them. But we must really touch upon the fact that Antonio, Conte is really struggling in the Champions League Michael he hasn't made it to the quarterfinals since 2012-13 when he was back with Juventus Um, is he a problem for Spurs right now or what is the problem for Spurs I think that Tottenham Hotspurs don't have a plan B. They're
4: set up to play one way and one way only. I think it's a bit of stubbornness because the success Conte's had in Italy and previously coming to the Premier League and having the same sort of tactical philosophy under Chelsea. And we've seen that before. Jose Mourinho, no, not Italian, but a defensive-minded coach coming back into the Prem and saying, well, this is how I play and either you do it my way or it's the highway. The clock is ticking on Antonio Conte. If there was ever a time for Conte out hashtags to start creeping up, now is the time. But if they do not get top four, Arrivederci. Ciao, Antonio. He's back to Syrian. We'll be seeing him week in and week out on
1: Paramount Plus.
3: It'll be U.S. soccer boss in about three months' time, Mike. Yeah, uh, yeah, Nigel. U.S. soccer players
1: won't know what's hit them if he gets to become manager, mate. Is he a goner? Is hey, he ready for the Conte? Huh? Is he a goner? Honestly, I, I, I honestly don't know. You, you know, because you never know with Tottenham. Like, this is Tottenham that I've seen for such a long time for me. And I think Antonio Conte's ways are not bad, but it's just the players that he has. He had the right. players at Inter Milan, and it worked. Right. It was successful. The top 10 players that he has there don't work for him. And I think that when we when we look at managers and we give credit to managers, there's always going to be a period where managers have those type of players and the players with the mentality to work mm-hmm. for the manager's benefit. It's not always that case when you go to different clubs. And that goes to talk about managers who are top class managers who can adapt and change to the ever changing game of football, because you're not going to have the same players with the same mentalities, with the same attributes, with the same appetite for success. It's all different in different places. I feel Conte's style does work, but he has to have the right dressing room. He has to have the right style of players. And at Tottenham, for me, it just doesn't work. It's not working. They haven't performed or played a great game of football in a long time. And even from the start, of the season, when we we're getting results, we were giving them credit saying they're not playing great, but they're getting results. And that's all people care about. That's all football yep. fans are caring. They're winning, they're getting their draws. Then, when the results stop, drop, start dropping and not getting the results, the performances start going worse and worse. Then that's when the microscope gets bigger and bigger.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it here. BX Gunner just mentioned, as you saw across your screen, saying Tottenham's day is fast approaching. Delboy zero. Conte didn't bring in good enough players. So it's a big question mark right there. Amy jumping in and saying Conte should pack up and leave tonight for good. Vic jumping in and saying end of the road for Conte. It is time to give Poch a call for Spurs. And then Ed, which is an interesting comment right here, saying that people need to finally accept that Spurs are not a no, big club. Ian. This is the history of de Tottenham. You know, E. Albro's comment, I
1: think he yep. wants to leave. I think yep. that as well. I, I actually feel that because he said it a what while ago. What makes you before. think
3: that, though? What makes you think Ooh. that? Let's think he's he been made, in he hospital. He made comments
1: before he had his operation yep. about family and friends and obviously when Gianluca Vialli passed away and about going back to Italy, he made one or two comments. I feel he doesn't want to be there. He's not a man that stays at clubs for longs. He's already made rumblings about being able to recruit and get players in. Tottenham are not going to give him money to spend to get the players in. He's just going to go. He knows what his value is. He knows what his stock is. He will always get another top job in Europe. He's not going to kill himself to
3: stay at Tottenham. You're going to love this one, Nigel. Tottenham 0 Milan 0 has ended Spurs' run of 147 consecutive home games in all competitions without a goal, goalless draw since a 0-0 against Swansea at Wembley in the Premier League in September 2017. That's five years and 173 days without a 0-0 game. Let's talk about Hyung ming Song real quickly. Um, Obviously we discussed it yesterday on the show about him potentially being not as good uh, a player he previously was or maybe coming to the end of his top quality career uh go through some of his stats on the game today he touched the ball 38 times he had one shot which was blocked um he is a player right now that you would say is maybe on the bubble mike because tottenham need to try and start to get better and if son's not producing this year certainly from the get-go where he went through a long period without scoring um it's not looking good for him in his future at Spurs.
4: No, it's not. And this is a player that they built the team around alongside Harry Kane. And it was really, what, last season – was he tied for league yeah. in Premier League for the Golden Boot? And now he he looks like a player that couldn't even. I wouldn't even put him in the starting eleven for Club Bruce. That's how bad he's been playing. No disrespect oh, that's, to that's, the that's Blues, that's fans that's out there, harsh. but he, he's that been that bad.
1: That's, that's silly.
4: He's been yeah. that bad. He's Scott Parker would have loved to have had him this week. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell you that honey. Honey. I know. <laughs> I know. No, but but the thing that I see from San is everyone loves – Whether you're Tottenham fans, maybe not an Arsenal fan, but. When he's playing with a smile on his face, that is a happy son. And a happy son, Yun Ming, is a good son. He has been sad face, song. He's been coming off the bench at different times, rotating between he and Richarlson. I don't think, and I said it yesterday. He doesn't know how to be effective. I don't think this system that Conte has him in gets the best out of him. I would put him in a front two. When he's gotten his goals this season, it's been playing as a strike partner with Harry Kane in the
3: 3-5-2. He hasn't been playing yeah. that regularly. Now, do you have anything to add on Son there, or can I turn my attention to Harry Kane?
1: Um, song needs to go. He needs to play higher up the pitch. The system and the style that Conte plays doesn't work to get the best out of Song. And right now, I see a player that's lacking a tremendous amount of confidence and belief in himself. And like you said, there's a difference when you play with a smile on your face. I could tell you the times when I became too professional and things didn't work out for me on the football pitch. I'm not going to say what I used to do on the pod to get my my groove back, but I did a few (laughs) things to get my groove back. Song needs to find his groove. But not I in the morning of
3: games though, right? Surely not huh? in the morning of games.
1: Not in the morning of games, but throughout the week before the games, yeah. So every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday.
3: Uh, I'm just going to tell you, yeah. I'm just going to tell you, one time that happened to me before a game, and mm. um, I, I probably lasted about 13 minutes before. I was absolutely <laughs> gassed in the game. I thought I'll never, ever do that again. I'm sure everybody out there can understand. Wait, it wasn't that. I don't know
2: about. what
1: you were doing. I was talking about something else throughout. Like, my thing's happening in the nighttime. But it was I was anyway. talking about having a few beers. What were you talking oh, about? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Some other oh, that's oh. how I got my
1: groove back. But anyway, okay. Oh. Yeah, do you know what? I think now might be the right time for Song
3: to go somewhere else and to kind of be the main man or be one of the on, main men. On that note, Nigel, can I turn this uh, comment to you as well? Com jumps in he says it's a crazy crap that it's crazy the crap that Kane gets. Man can only do so much. In my opinion, he needs a new goal and a fresh start. So is that the same case? for you for harry kane he's at tottenham he's not harry- winning much silverware should he go somewhere else because i tell you right now freaking hell man he would just absolutely love to play for Bayern munich i'm just gonna throw it yeah, out there i knew
1: you were gonna say i've said it before but for me
3: listen any tottenham
1: fan any real football fan with common sense cannot be upset if harry kane leaves that club he's been a loyal servant he's the club <laughs> record goal scorer he's done all he can to win Tottenham haven't done well enough to put the pieces around him to make them successful. Being a Harry Kane and having a goal scorer clinical like that to score inside, outside the box, we've also been able to assist in goals and you can't win championships and titles. And you look at some of the rivals you're competing against and how they're struggling for a goal scorer. You've got to be happy for him to go. He's got to go now. He needs a fresh start at another club where he's going to have the ability to win things and be successful. I think Bayern Munich will be a great fit for him. But the old English dinosaurs and English people would think, oh, no, what's he going there for? It's only a one-team league, yeah? Well, look at what Bayern Munich are doing in Champions League football. So uh, look at the league. me And the league as well. I, I think it's time for him for a change. But obviously, I know there's interest for Manchester United and everyone there wants him to go to Manchester United. And I think yep. he can be a big difference maker there again at Manchester United also.
3: Yeah. ML, real quickly, 20 seconds. Let's go.
4: I think it's time for him to go. Get rid of Conte, Harry Kane. There's a club further up north. We're building something. If you want the Leagues Cup, we'll win that year
3: in and Jesus year Christ. out. And then you get Man, 7-0. United. Yeah,
1: God, you get Ponk 7 I'm- by
3: Liverpool. Stick that in your pipe. Alright. All right. <laughs> Oscar saying that Kane would be amazing at Real Madrid. Amy saying Kane has a sad face like son Bundesliga team for Kane would be pretty nice. Manchester United would be a better move because at Bayern he would not be rated says Del Boy and Kishwan jumping in and saying Kane to Chelsea. And then this is the last one. Del Boy says <laughs> Nigel Real <Rio>, Poker. <laughs> What? interesting right there I know. poker oh, face after oh, not, oh. not revealing you saved it oh, for house of champions yeah. after hours huh? Uh,
1: or if we, the, if we make it make it onto the, 24-hour <laughs> we'll be at the 24 office, hour channel so. 24
3: Oh, we'll have a show at 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> never mind that alright we're going to take a quick break uh, boys we'll be right back we'll have a quick turn of attention to the Europa League house of champions we'll be back in just a quick second
6: did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business less than 20% of them take the first step Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash cbssports. That's tailorbrand dot com slash cbssports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Okay,
0: picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
3: Well, don't miss a second of the action from the greatest club competition on earth. That is, of course, the Champions League. Follow the biggest stars from the world of soccer like Lionel Messi. <coughs> Out of the competition. Karim Benzema, Victor Osman and Erling Haaland as they try to clinch the most prestigious prize in the beautiful game. Stream every single match from the Champions League and Europa League live only on Paramount+. Plus. Try one month for free with the promo code ADVANCE, which, of course, Lionel Messi did not do. Oh, yes. Welcome back to House of Champions, everybody. Let's turn our attention to the Europa League. It is the round of 16 first leg matchups. Here's a quick reminder of all the schedules. Uh, fi- fixtures, should I say, <laughs> Fenerbahce, Sevilla, Sporting Lisbon, Arsenal, Juventus, Freiburg, Leverkusen, Varos Manchester United, Real Betis, Shakhtar, Donetsk, Feyenoord, Union, Berlin against Union, someone else I can't pronounce, Real, Roma <laughs> versus Real Sociedad. Uh, Michael, come to you first on this one here. Um, as the fixtures continue to ring off here, Betis against Manchester United, your thoughts on the game United need to react, right?
4: It is the sort of game where they have no choice but to react. I'm sick and tired of seeing seven-up cans, even on today's coverage, seven-up cans. I'm I'm pretty sure my neighbor left a seven-up can in front of our house. And no better way to shut everyone up than reacting in a European competition. They did that against Barcelona to really create more believability of what this club and this team could do under Hag, And they paid dividends in the League Cup final. They will need to have a professional performance of their lives against Betis. Because I think that could be a trap game for them. Betis are no sleepers. I mean, they got the draw against Madrid at the weekend. Their Mm -hmm. team, when they show up on their day, they do have players. Canales, Iglesias, they do have players who can catch you if you're not coming with the right stuff.
3: Nigel, I'm sure you've been pumped 7-0 at least once in your career. How do you react to that if you're a Manchester United player? How do you react to that?
1: Mate, you want the next game to come as quickly as possible, so they're lucky that they've got this European game because it it is horrible when you lose like that, and the fans and everything. Thank God we did it in the days without social media because if we did it in the days of social media, I probably would have been arrested and put in prison because I'm not the one, but... I've had that feeling before, and it's horrible. You cannot wait for the next game to come. I'm telling you, like it's it's a very dark place if you really care about football and you really care about your own personal pride. So again, like Michael said, they're going to want to have a, they're going to have to have a reaction because they know that everyone's going to be watching this game, even Sporting if they're not Man United
3: fan. They're going to be watching to see. Oh yeah, we can't wait to watch this game just to see that type of reaction. Now Sporting against are we not talking about Arsenal? I just want to ask you right oh. there, I was coming to you about Arsenal and uh, it's a tough one for them because they're in Lisbon against Sporting. And um, after that high that they just experienced scoring a late goal, 97th minute against Bournemouth at the weekend, you would expect them to go in with confidence and win this game, but this is a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a
1: very tough one. Again, it's the emotional roller coaster that they're going through, Ian, that we spoke about that. How many times are they going to keep doing this now for this race for the Premier League title? They've still mm-hmm. got to play Man City again. They're still probably going to face some bumps in the road. And then now, obviously, it's going to be, what are you going to prioritize? Is it going to be the Premier League or is it going to be this European competition? So that's going to be very interesting. I personally don't feel that they've got the squad strong enough to truly rotate, to compete on both fronts. And for me, if we're going to talk about Premier League Player of the Year, I'm going to say out there with confidence, Saka's name better be in people's mouth. Because I'm hearing people talk about Casemiro, which has been sensational, making an impact just like Eric Canton. I know Saka's name being people's mouth because let me say this now. Saka's form has been sensational. And when he doesn't play for Arsenal, Arsenal is not the same team. There's a big difference. I know people will say, oh, you know, he's just like Phil Foden for, for Manchester City. No, he's not. Saka is the heartbeat of this Arsenal team. That is why most players kick the crap out of him every match that he plays. There's a difference. Foden plays in a system. Foden can be good at times for Manchester City. He's just found his form again. But for me, if people are not saying that Saka's name should be mentioned for play of the season right up to now for the Premier League, you don't know football.
3: Ed says, sorry, Nigel, Haaland's going to win this one. He also says Saka will get young. And that's that, that's probably the way it's going to go, right? I mean, they're both very young players here, yeah, but, okay, but you have a goal scorer who's probably going to break a record, Nigel. He's going to go very 100% he's going
1: to break a record. I'm not disputing that. But then if if Arsenal win the league title, Saka should still have a right to be player of the season. Let's be real about that. Like I know we go so much into this whole goal scoring thing, but if you look at performances, we can't say... Haaland has performed amazing every single game. He scored goals, no problem. But for performances, week in, week out, Saka's been a beast and he was great in the World Cup as well, bar one game or so. He deserves to win it. If Arsenal win the the Premier League title, Saka for me is a player of the season. I'm not taking nothing away from Haaland because he's been sensational as well. But I'm talking about performances. Let's go back to football when it's about performances of what you see and not just stats.
3: Well, let's not forget the season's not yet done as well, Nigel. So if you would imagine that Haaland does go on and break the record, but Arsenal clean up and win the Premier League and they rely on Saka to come up with some assists because I think he's got what, nine assists, 10 goals already in the Prem this year. I mean, those statistics are are not bad at all from a player who's not sitting right in front of goal. He's got to do a lot of effort to actually get those types of assists, the statistics. So I'm really impressed with what he's done. Uh, We've got a few agreeing with you there as well. Lukeshi Rai saying I agree with you, Nigel, and Saka. Absolutely no doubt about it. Nigel always. Speaking of truth, that one comes in from Oscar. And Luis Sa says that Saka so far. I agree with you there. Um, But then you have uh, Christian jumping in as in. Haaland has the most in the EPL. So, obviously, it is going to be very difficult because the goals talk at the end of the day, Nigel.
0: No,
1: 100%. But, again, let's you think about it, Ian, though, like I'm saying, again, I understand about goals. But how many times have we been able to say Haaland was missing? How many times have there been conversations where we say, Man City need to get Haaland more involved in the game? How do we um, get him more involved in the game? You've never had that conversation about Saka. Saka's been performing consistently, scoring and creating and being the main key danger man for Arsenal. And if they win the Premier League title, I understand Haaland's going to break records. But if you're talking about the best player in the league, for me, Saka wins it. Because you've Mm -hmm. never had a conversation to say, oh, Saka's not performing or, you know... Arsenal just as good without him. No, I I understand that. But for me, again, it goes to this generation we're in, and you know it yourself, where it's gone Mm -hmm. all of a sudden about goal scorers, goal scorers, goal scorers. And I'm not a big fan of that because a defender can be as influential to a team. A goalkeeper can be as influential to a team and so can a midfielder. And for Mm me, Saka has been fantastic throughout and no one blows his trumpet. And I'm going to blow his trumpet because I'm hearing Mm -hmm. names and discussions. He deserves it.
3: I think it's a great shout out there. And I think it would be a great discussion by all of us here at house of champions. If we get the whole crew together, we can have a round table, real discussion about Except who deserves James. It. Except James. It. Oh, James will probably be in there as well. You know, he's got some controversial comments at times. Um, but I will say this though, it's a great discussion. And there was also a great talking point from Thierry Henry on one of the champions league pregame shows recently where he broke down Erling Haaland and how different he is as a goal scorer, how the runs he makes and what he demands as a goal scorer and also what he's not doing that he should start doing. I thought that was absolutely phenomenal from Thierry and I'm sure it's out there on social media especially on YouTube if you want to go find it. Um, Real quickly Nigel before we get to our final thoughts here I want to ask your quick opinion on the Europa Conference League because West Ham are in action against Larnaca they desperately need to get something going confidence-wise right?
1: Jesus Christ I I think for me if I was West Ham i will (laughs) concentrate on the Premier League because uh, we saw what that run did to them last year and Premier League they're having a tough time and That bottom, from the bottom of the Premier League to, I believe, like 12th place, there's only like maybe four four or six points operating these teams. Like, it's very tight. It's very dangerous. There's a lot at stake if they get relegated. I think their priority should be the Premier League. Uh, It's not looking good right then. And and obviously now there's some reports coming out about unrest in the dressing room. So Mm -hmm. I I worry for them. I really do. I think Moyes will probably change the team and put a
3: week aside. I can't see them prioritising Europe. I think maybe you can get some confidence, though, if you actually get a victory against Larnaca If you put three or four on the board, you bring that confidence back to the Premier League. Obviously, you've got big games coming up, but it is very compact, very tight. It's animal. It is a different tight. animal here. <laughs> And you see, you saw what happened to them as well last season with the European run. Yeah, yeah it certainly cost them at the end of the day because they were pushing for a, a top European place, and and they really messed that up at the end of the day with that European run that they were having. So, uh, quick final thoughts on uh, Parker being released by Bruges. Um, obviously, in the Champions League, nowhere near good enough. Bruges and Parker finding himself out the door. Uh, correct decision. Obviously, he's been really struggling. Sixty-seven days he had in the job at Bruges. Um, it was obviously a, a risk going there, Nigel. But at the same time, you have to question how on earth he got that job.
1: I don't have to question it. I know how he got that job. I see it all the time with uh, players that I played with previously and played against previously and how they keep getting jobs left, right and centre. And uh, players of ethnic minority and players that I know who have qualified, have all the licenses, can't get uh, an interview for a job. So, you know, good luck to him. He had the job. I personally don't understand it. You know, for me, I I was one of the different younger ones who actually played outside of England. You know, I wasn't scared to go abroad. And, you know, Mm. I integrated a lot with foreign players and learned a lot about the game from different perspectives. And uh, for me, I didn't understand how he got the job. You know, he's never played outside of England. So for me, it's great he got the job. But obviously, I just don't think he was prepared enough to know enough about Belgian football and maybe whether if he could relate to that dressing room. And I think for Mm. me, Managers in this day and age of football, Ian, and you know it yourself, with how the dressing room has changed so much now, you have to be a people's person. You have Mm. to socialize with different cultures and different people to understand the different dynamics of players that you're going to deal with. That's Mm. the big difference in the modern game of football management now. You you can't be the old school way. And I'm not saying Scott Parker is. No, for sure. A lot of it also is, regardless if you're an introvert, which I always remember Scott kind of being, he was very quiet, kept himself to himself, which is nothing wrong with that. But right. you're still going to be into management and be a leader. You need to understand and talk to other people and have friends of other cultures and, 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 and uh, different nationalities and different beliefs and stuff like that, that you have to manage them all together.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. Real quickly though, now you've, since you've left, um, obviously, professional soccer, professional sports in general, do you find politics bleeds into life as well? Now you're working in the media as well. I mean, well, politics pretty much is well, all over the place, right?
1: This is, uh, even in, even when I was a professional football player, Ian, you know, I wasn't your so-called typical football player. I read books and I loved philosophy and um, human behavior and, and, th- and therapy and all those type of books. For me, Psychology, sorry, that's what I was looking for, psychology. Politics is everywhere, regardless whether people like it or not. In every industry, even being in the media industry, politics is everywhere. And you have Mm -hmm. to learn that life is not checkers. It's Mm -hmm. chess. And there's certain decisions you make or there's certain positions you're going to put yourself in. And you've got to be comfortable to handle those positions and what comes with it. And I've seen it and I'll continue to see it. And um, again, you know, I I would love to see football really try and reflect what we see on the pitch of Mm -hmm. all different national, it doesn't become now a thing where we talk about African players or, you know, black managers and we have to say the word black before managers that, Mm -hmm. that I just want football to reflect what we see on the pitch. I'm tired of having to discuss lack of black managers, lack of opportunity, lack of black Mm -hmm. faces in media and discussing football and showing that they know the game and can read the game and see what is happening and be able to give you into an understanding part of the game. And, It's just boring now for me. You know, you just want just the governing body to make more of an effort and the people just to really see footballers, footballers. That makes no sense. Yeah, just talking too much now.
3: Listen, I appreciate it. Obviously, I love to get that passion out of you at times, uh, bring up the subjects that does get you going. And I think it's important to have these discussions regardless. And when we have a platform (laughs) like this where there's no cut off time and producer Dez is saying, let's get the hell out of here. Dez is tired of my rant again. Dez is like, yeah, well, let's go. I've had this before. (laughs) All right, just a reminder to everybody out there uh, We will be back on Thursday, 9am Eastern with Fabrizio Romano The boys will be up there for it I want to thank everybody out there for listening to House of Champions Please take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher And anywhere else you listen to your podcast Also available as video, so subscribe to us on YouTube And for everybody out there um, We actually kicked Michael LaHood out there Because he had dodgy (laughs) internet So that's why he disappeared So if you're making your run and you're like Where's Michael LaHood? Now you know why his internet was dodgy but myself and Nigel Rio Coker have paid our bills. We're good to go. We'll see you again Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern. City.
1: Love you see guys. You.